You're listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network. Environmental justice stories from Australia and around the world. Usually produced at the studios of 3CR on Wurundjeri Country. And today, from isolation in my home on Wurundjeri Country in Melbourne, I'm M. Gafer. Our mob have been, like right across the continent, have been fighting gas, like particularly gas, for years and years and years and years. So, I mean, and it probably sounds a bit bleak, but when the, like the lineup of the NCCC was released and all of the gas people, everyone was like, yep, cool. There we go. There it is. What we've been seeing for years. The COVID-19 pandemic has led not only to a global health crisis, but also an economic one. In so-called Australia, the federal government has called in the National COVID-19 Coordination Commission, the NCCC, to consult on the country's economic recovery. The commission is made up of many business leaders, including a number working in the gas industry and has recommended an expansion of gas exploration and the creation of manufacturing hubs. This would look like the rolling back of state-based bans on fracking as well as more conventional gas projects. Communities across the continent have been in long-standing opposition to the gas industry, which threatens country, water supply, farmland and regional communities. One area that is currently on the front line of opposition to the gas industry is the Northern Territory. 2020 was slated to be the year for fracking in the Territory. However, COVID-19 has derailed this plan. A boost to the gas industry would impact the work being done in the Northern Territory and expose vulnerable communities to the dangers of fracking. Daniel Robbins, the coordinator of Protect Country Alliance, has been working with communities across the Territory to come together in the face of this destructive industry. So my name's Dan Robbins and I'm the coordinator with Protect Country Alliance here in Darwin. Uh, I work with a lot of communities across the NT, uh, traditional owners in the Barclay region, which is places like Elliot and Marlinger, also in the Gulf region around Borroloola, working with groups in Catherine and Alice Springs, Palmerston and Darwin. So, yeah, right across the Territory, trying to make sure that communities get a better deal when it comes to shale gas fracking infrastructure projects. So we've got Origin Energy and Santos are the two big players at the moment who want to frack in those areas and there's a huge majority of Territorians who are against it and we're doing all we can to get a better deal for those communities. So we're talking about the potential for an increased push in the gas industry across Australia, but particularly in the NT where the gas industry is already present. So what's the current situation with fracking and gas exploration in the Territory? Well, 2020 was supposed to be a big year for exploration of shale gas in the Northern Territory, but there has been a number of factors that have stopped fracking from occurring. Uh, First, we saw the oil price drop dramatically this year, and then we saw the COVID-19 pandemic hit. 
since those two factors came into play, all of the gas companies across the NT have halted their exploration activities. And so Santos have said they're not going to resume fracking this year uh, and haven't outlined plans for next year as yet, where Origin Energy have promised to resume fracking in the second half of 2020. And so there's a number of communities uh, that are very concerned about that. You know, the Territory is such a big area. Would you say there's a kind of general community position on fracking that you're seeing? Yeah, we polled around 1,200 people from the Territory in the past week and a company randomly called 1,200 people across Alice Springs, Darwin, Palmerston and found around 87% of people were against hydraulic fracturing in the Northern Territory. And that's pretty consistently been the case uh, for a few years now. You're working with traditional owners whose land is being fracked. How do these projects impact native title and people's ability to access their country? Yeah, native title has been a big issue here and also um, land access uh, for these gas companies to get onto the land of. We work with a number of Indigenous pastoralists up in the Gulf Country um, and they've been speaking with lawyers for a number of years and trying to figure out how they can say no, how they can refuse access to these companies. But as we all know, mining in Australia uh, allows companies to come onto people's land without a lot of um, consent. Uh, They are talking to Indigenous communities and trying to pay off uh, certain people to sign off on access agreements, but many uh, Indigenous communities have held strong and refused to do that. Uh, Now we're seeing the Northern Territory government trying to rush through legislation that is is almost hard to believe. It is going to put the liability of large pollution events upon native title holders and landowners. So if there is a gas leak or a spill or an aquifer is contaminated, uh, the liability will not fall upon the gas company themselves. Rather, it would fall upon the native title holders and uh, pastoralists in the area. So that's a major concern as well for a lot of people here in the Territory. And obviously there's a bit of an economic downturn that's going on that has the potential to kind of lose some steam around the gas industry across the world and also in the Territory. But we do have the government backing a push ahead for boosting the gas industry as part of the COVID-19 economic response. What would that be like for the community in the Territory? The communities here in the Territory that are closest to Origin Energy's um, fracking infrastructure would be around Elliot and the Mudborough people there. And they were so relieved when they heard that Origin uh, was basically stopping fracking for 2020. And when we looked at the economics of it, there was shale gas industries just collapsing in the US. There's a gas glut internationally, so there's just far too much gas on the market. Origin Energy realised this, Santos realised this, but there's that old adage that nothing beats a good government subsidy and the, f- and the federal government are now 
as we've all seen, um, setting up these new commissions post-COVID-19, economic reconstruction commissions that are just totally dominated by gas industry people like Andrew Liveris, Nev Power. These guys are very close to the gas industry. They know the economic situation is not favourable towards them and they're seeking billions of dollars in federal government subsidies. They basically want us as taxpayers to pay for a failing gas industry to go in and frack on Indigenous land in the centre of the Northern Territory. And the communities are just as outraged as the rest of us. Um, Mudborough man Raymond Dimakari Dixon has been very vocal in the in the last few weeks and years essentially calling on Origin to leave the area, to not put their water at risk. There's a lot of communities who are reliant upon groundwater. If that groundwater is contaminated, it would have a dramatic effect on these communities. So water is the major concern. And with the kind of, you know, push from the federal government for a boost to the gas industry in the Territory, what's happening around this issue at the moment in terms of community resistance to that? COVID-19 um, has had a big effect on on all of us in Australia, but especially Indigenous communities. So um, the community members um, that we're working with were really um, restricted from movement and were stuck in their remote communities and um, initially uh, there was there was concern from them that it would be hard to to still resist these companies uh, but they very quickly adjusted and um, there was a number of really successful online actions where traditional owners were going live from their communities um, via phones and laptops and joining webinars where they were um, talking with hundreds of people about their concerns. There was politicians in the NT who were um, being contacted via Zoom meetings. And then there's been national days of action. I know SEED, um, the Indigenous group down there, uh, have been doing amazing work with communities around Elliot and they had a national day of action calling for public money for public good and that that campaign that Seed ran I know uh, Get Up and others have been instrumental is just a direct response to this um, COVID recovery commissions that have been set up not just at a federal level but also here in the NT these kind of gas focused recovery commissions that are calling for billions of dollars of taxpayers' money to be spent on fracking. And so this public money for public good campaign has been really successful in just uh, educating Territorians that their money is possibly going to be spent on something that is going to pollute water, that is going to ravage communities, that is going to put us further into debt. We have seen some backward steps from the NT government where they've they've actually said, okay, uh, we're not going to allow these fracking companies to continue during the COVID-19 crisis. Um, so they've lost, I think, $6 million, Origin Energy have lost already by having to halt their fracking plans. So, yeah, I'm kind of really proud of, of, of the communities in the NT and what they've achieved, even though we were really restricted. 
What do you see for the next six months or so in terms of this campaign? Yeah, so the next six months is really focused on Origin, uh, Origin Energy's plans to get back into the Beetaloo exploration project. They want to frack uh, one well about 30 kilometres from um, the town of Elliot. I think the next six months is going to be a continuation of that pressure placed upon Origin Energy, not just here in the NT, but also out across Australia, where people will be saying, look, if you are getting your power supply from Origin Energy, if you are a customer of Origin Energy, maybe think of changing your plans and contacting Origin to say, if you're going to frack on Aboriginal land in the Northern Territory, you're no longer going to be my energy provider. So there's something we a lot of people can do. A lot of people don't realise that their energy provider is uh, possibly putting water and communities at risk. And so if anyone's out there that is a member of, uh, is a customer with Origin, this could be a good time to contact them and say, I'm moving my money elsewhere. But here in the Territory, the communities will continue to resist them on the ground. That was Daniel Robbins from Protect Country Alliance talking about the current community-led fight against fracking in the Northern Territory. You're listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network. Today, we're talking about fracking in the Northern Territory and the impact a post-COVID-19 economic boost to the gas industry would have on communities. Edie Shepherd is a Wiradjuri and Noongar woman working as the senior organiser for Original Power. The organisation has been working with traditional owners whose country is being threatened by gas projects all across the Northern Territory. Hello, I'm Edie Yuanyadi. My name's Edie. Um, I'm a proud Wiradjuri and Noongar woman and I'm the senior organiser at Original Power, which is a um, small First Nations-led organisation that builds the power and capacity of our mob to self-determine what happens on country, whether that's saying no to projects, um, largely extractive projects, or yes to alternatives, whether that's renewables on country um, and all of that sort of stuff. We're talking about the Northern Territory today and fracking. So what's the work that you've been doing with Original Power around uh, fracking projects in the Northern Territory? So OP has only existed for about two years, but prior to that, Karina Nolan, our executive director, has been working with um, traditional owners and native title holders in the NT around fracking for nearly six years now. Um, so what we're doing at the moment is we know that sacred sites and underground waterways are not adequately mapped in the NT. Um, uh, like by Western scientific standards, they don't really know anything about what's going under there. And um, for people who are kind of across the dangers of fracking, um, it will impact not just the land, but the interconnected aquifers, which means that it will impact the in- interconnected song lines and storylines and sacred waterways within that area. So one of the things that we're doing up in the Territory is working with you know, the, the appropriate traditional owners to begin mapping those interconnected sacred sites and aquifers 
underground. That's one of the big things that we're doing up there. Do you feel as though the companies involved with fracking, you know, there's a deliberate effort on their part to not engage with traditional owners in those areas? Oh, absolutely. What we know, and it's particularly galling with Origin, which is one of a bunch of companies that have exploration permits and want to frack the hell out of the Beetaloo Basin, but it's kind of the same story that we see play out with mining project after mining project after mining project. They will find one family, promise them the world, and it's basically the old school colonial divide and conquer where they'll find one person who will give them what they want, then pit against everyone else. Like there's a direct quote from Origin that said, well, I guess it's our TOs against your TOs, which is beyond (laughs) what I could possibly comprehend. It's absolutely, it's part of the mining playbook where they refuse to engage with any kind of dissenting voice and pretend like they have the social license and as well as the cultural license to destroy country when we know unequivocally that's not the case. Origin have started fracking in the territory. How are traditional owners already being impacted by the work that's happened so far? Uh, well, yeah, we've had the we've got exploration um, drilling happening by Origin in particular, and we know that they're pretty gung ho to drill their second frack well. We have communities who, the way I guess in the Northern Territory, it's not just the the way that caring for country works is it's not just um, you know Gardawa mob or Mudbara mob, there's there's Jungai systems in place, which means that it's not just if it's happening on your country, even if it's not happening in your country, it's kind of happening in yours because you're like a bodyguard for that area. So you've got entire communities who are trying to support each other under immense pressure. Um, and then when you layer on coronavirus and all of those lockdowns and the inability to move between communities and communicate with each other, and then on top of that, you know, we have health problems in our communities because we're so inadequately resourced that we have people who are just running themselves into the ground and getting sick in the fight um, because there isn't, you know, there's all of those um, socioeconomic and sociopolitical factors that feed into health and none of those are met and all sorts of stuff that mean that um, we have communities who are running themselves ragged, trying to protect and defend what is sacred to them, as well as their lifeblood. Um, so that's that's one major thing. Um, but we're also seeing communities coming together and like actually coming back together, um, which is kind of like I guess an unintended um, consequence by mining companies who have done this whole like divide and conquer thing. Um, pitted communities against each other but in the process of campaigning together and um, working together in this broad alliance we have like full-blown family reconciliations happening as well so it's not all bad in our communities up there in the face of fracking um, we've got we've got the bad stuff but we've also got this really amazing um, community connection coming up through um, through the process of that fight. How do you see a potential stimulus to the gas industry from the federal government impacting those projects um, that are going on in the Northern Territory? Look, the, it wouldn't be great. Um, what we know is that Origin are planning on being back and fracking by the end of July. So, you know, in the next few weeks, they want to be back out there drilling the next exploration well, 
and getting all of that going, even though communities have said, no, we don't want outsiders in here, we don't want you here. Um, I think the one of the big, other than, other than when you look at the economic analysis, fracking is not, like, Beetaloo gas doesn't stack up. And there's been countless arguments made around that. And one of the one of the big linchpins in terms of the economic unviability is the cost of the pipeline. Um, so to actually get that gas from out in the Beetaloo, which can be upwards of 800 kilometres south of Darwin, which would be the major export hub. But one of the projects that have been flagged by the NCCC is this uh, Tennant Creek to Darwin pipeline, which if it was up to companies would have would cost more money than is like makes any um, financial sense for them to make. So the biggest threat is not necessarily stimulus into the fracking process, but all of the infrastructure that's required um, to transport that. So we ha- we're watching that very, very closely because we know that in terms of economic stimulus, the thing that we really, really need to stop is that pipeline. And how have the communities you're working with been pushing back against the gas industry since the COVID-19 pandemic started? I think the commun- those communities have, I guess, provided a lesson to all of us in a lot of ways. As soon as, the, um, as, soon as coronavirus started really kicking off and there were conversations about lockdown, that mob ran miners out of, out of the area. So there was... And we've seen it kind of play out in different ways across um, the continent where mining is and is not deemed an essential service. So there are, you know, there's this patchwork of regulation and they could apply for exemption and they were likely to get it. So in Borolula, which is one of the communities up on the Gulf of Carpentaria, they went door to door around their community and wrote up what, um, what they called the Borolula Statement. Um, which was basically saying no one in, no one out, this is our health, this is our country, we decide what happens, and got most of that community signed on and then spoke to other communities outside of Borrelula who signed on and they sent the letter into Parliament, they sent it to their local land council who was um, in charge of the permits, and before there was any response, most fracking companies had announced their withdrawal within the um, before they could get banned, essentially. So that community really, they organised pretty hard to enforce, you know, no FIFO, no mining workers, no nothing in our communities. Um, you are a risk to us on many levels. Get out. And it worked, which was amazing to watch. So you said fracking's planned to start up again in July. What is next for yourself at Original Power and for the communities who are fighting this up in the Territory? Uh, well, I guess for us at OP, um, we've got staff members kind of spread all like right across the continent. But unfortunately for Karina and I, uh, we both live in Melbourne. So likely we're just going to go up there and quarantine for 14 days um, and get out into those communities because we haven't been out there since the lockdown started. Reception's patchy. It's hard to communicate um, to actually just get out on the ground to start mapping out what those next steps are but I think the next big project is um will be really beefing up this cultural leadership group to do the mapping of those interconnected aquifers um because we know that if we can get that right that can cause all kinds of regulatory delays as well because they're not mapped at all 
um, and that changes things under Heritage Acts, which is, and heritage is quite a hot topic at the moment. We've got this moment in time where people are actually really paying attention um, to Aboriginal cultural heritage to really um, make that case as well. So I think the cultural heritage stuff is the next big push for us. So you mentioned that you guys are working on um, kind of supporting these cultural leadership groups. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, so it's it plays into the Jungai system that I spoke about before. We have incredible elders and incredible leaders um, who have emerged around this fracking campaign, people like Gadrian Hoosen, who one of the things that he's now doing is, is he's running in the NT election on a no fracking platform for the Barclay seat. And Uncle Ray Dixon, who's an incredible Mudra um, elder and also an excellent musician, would recommend you check him out. Um, he's on Spotify. Um, who have been talking about these stories and bringing other elders in and all of these knowledge holders who don't ne- who haven't necessarily been out and vocal, but as soon as you talk to them in in terms of you know country and culture and and what it means to be a custodian of country that you know you can't stop them from talking so we've been bringing together that group of people who aren't necessarily the usual suspect in a camp like they're probably not going to door knock or make phone calls but hold this incredible knowledge that hasn't ever been recorded um so bringing people from across i think it's at least it's somewhere between five and seven different nation groups and native title determinations to actually work together have those communities coming together as well as having some of that stuff recorded because again there's some health problems happening a lot of people are getting older and we don't want that knowledge to go with them that was Edie Shepherd senior organizer for original power working with traditional owners in the northern territory in standing up against destructive fracking projects You've been listening to Earth Matters, Community Radio's National Environmental Justice Program. I'm M. Gaifer. If you missed any of today's show, you can find our podcasts at 3cr.org.au slash earthmatters. Or if you're listening via iTunes or any other podcasting service, why not rate us and leave us a review and help spread the word. Earth Matters would like to thank the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their financial support and the Community Radio Network for getting the program out to you. Earth Matters is produced in the studios of 3CR on Wurundjeri Country. If you'd like to get in contact, you can send us an email at earthmatters3cr at gmail.com or go to our Facebook page. I hope you can tune in next time for more Earth Matters. Trying to escape this illusion, but